ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude, my good brother, NWI Steve. And we are here after a Sox 4-0 winner against the Cleveland Indians in a very exciting game. Before we get into the breakdown, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet, at SoxOnTap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. If you would so kindly do give us a five-star rating and review, that'd be much appreciated. And also, if you're listening on MixLR.com, when we go live, hit the follow button and you'll get email notifications every time we go live so you can listen to our live post-game shows. That's a mouthful. Steve, I got a Sox beer here, buddy. We we got a winner. Tell the people how you're feeling, man. We finally got a winner. Hey, yo. It, I tell you what. Being able to watch a White Sox winner feels a hell of a lot better than what we've seen the last three days. And especially to finally see the pitching come through and put together a quality performance. My God, it was nice to see that for a change of pace. Not give up any fucking runs in the first inning. Oh, my God, dude. That that was the best part. So, like, that's my biggest takeaway um, from tonight's game. And I mean, you can do some takeaways together. Uh, but one of my biggest takeaways is Giolito's bounce back. I think that's something that needs to be talked about. Um, I mean, he really, really did get touched up in that first game. It was not good. Um, I'm glad that he came out with confidence, and I'm glad that he kept that confidence through the six innings that he pitched. Uh, he did get himself into a jam, and he got himself out of it. Um, I was really happy with that, Steve, because in my opinion, dude, like that's what separates your elite pitchers from good pitchers to mediocre pitchers. Responding to a bad outing and he really responded here tonight. I wonder what you're thinking on uh Giolito here. Yeah, it really was uh, nice to see him bounce back after that outing on opening day there. You know, he, he went out there today again, wasn't particularly great as far as with his fastball command. But the one thing that I think was really different um, today was he had tremendous command of his changeup, which he, he didn't have obviously in the first inning of that game on Friday, but he was able to command his changeup consistently throughout this outing here uh, was getting ahead in more counts today, which is, you know, one of the biggest keys for him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, even though he's got some really good stuff, he doesn't pitch particularly well behind in counts. So for him, you know, being able to pound the strike zone early here, work ahead of hitters is, is pretty critical. And he was able to do that a lot with that changeup today. So he really was featuring it pretty heavily. We didn't see much of the curveball at all. Uh, but fact of the matter is he really didn't need it that much. And, you know, like you talked about, that jam that he was in in that sixth inning there, getting out of that bases-loaded spot there, um, you know, with Lindor and uh, Santana there at the end. I mean, that was that was a really, I think, turning point in this game there because, you know, that could have really blown the doors open here and just really could have kind of, you know, sucked the air out of, out of that dugout for the Sox there. So being able to come through in that spot and get out of there without giving up any runs, that was huge. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I was, like I said, I mean, I kind of gushed about, I I was so happy with his performance. Um, Six strikeouts over six innings pitched, um, four hits let up and he did walk to 85 pitches thrown, got his ERA down to 6.52, which ain't great, but this was a great outing. If he keeps doing this, it's just going to keep sinking down, man. It's going to keep going back down to where we know he can be. So uh, basically (laughs) it was a pitcher's duel, man. It was a pitcher's duel. Um, even though Giolito didn't get the win here and Plesak didn't get the loss, I mean, he didn't deserve the loss. Brad Hand did, obviously. But between those two, those guys were fighting back and forth. Um, 
I kind of felt like, dude, like today, as I'm watching the game, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I'm like, you know, we're getting rocked in the pitching, but we're able to put up some runs. And we, and now our pitching's doing good. I felt like this was a Jose Quintana start. You remember those? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I can never forget those. And you know, you know, it, it really was interesting kind of watching this game, watching police act, you know, a fellow Northwest Indiana guy. I think one of the biggest things that I took away from watching him out there is the Sox hitters offensively just were having a really hard time picking up the spin on his breaking ball throughout the course of this game. Um, you know, Stone and Benetti had talked about, I think he had 20 swings and misses total throughout the course of his eight innings there. And I mean, that's an extremely high number and the overwhelming majority of those were on breaking balls. And, you know, you just looked at it, um, you know, pretty much everybody up and down the line have had some really bad swings against that pitch. I think in particular, you know, you look at um, uh, Grandal had, had just a really couple of piss poor at bats. Same thing with, with Edwin Encarnacion there. Uh, Robert had a couple of, of ugly swings against that slider as well. Um, so they just were not picking up the rotation on that pitch, you know, throughout the course of, of his outing there. Um, so that made it tough. You know, he, he did get himself into a couple of jams. You know, you look at that sixth inning, you know, Adam Engel leads off with, with a double, hits a ball down the right field corner yep. and some really nice base running on his part as, you know, the ball was taking um, Domingo Santana away from his from his throwing side. So Engel was able to take that extra base right there. So you get this situation, you get a runner on second base, nobody out in the top of the order coming up. And then Timmy just had an absolutely atrocious at bat following following that um, with a three pitch strikeout. You know, then Yoan hits into a little bit of bad luck, hitting the ball right at um, Cesar Hernandez. That about was 105 a miles. piss missile, man. Absolute piss rod. You know, and, and you know, Jose Abreu just, I, I mean, that yeah, he hit 108 mile an hour ground ball, but. That was, I I thought, just an atrocious at bat from him right there in that spot, going up there hacking first pitches. He is, you know, one to do on on many occasions. So that sequence right there from from the top three guys in your order after a leadoff double, that was very disheartening. And, again, I was a little bit concerned that that was going to kind of suck the air out of the dugout. And, uh, you know, it almost happened in the bottom half of that inning there when when the Indians loaded the bases. But, like we talked about, Giolito was able to wiggle his way out of it. Right, right. That that's something I wanted to touch on too. Is uh, Tim Anderson? The, the, you know, I like I like him at leadoff. I mean, I, I I told we've had this conversation before whether or not we were at the ballpark or just bullshitting together. Like I thought last year, he obviously looked more comfortable in the seven spot. That's where he won a batting title. You know, um, yep. this this leadoff thing is still new to him and new to to the fan base and everything like that, but when the bottom of your lineup was able to get a hit and, and get on base and especially get a double, like you said, that at bat was, I agree with you and take your words. There was piss poor. It's a piss poor at bat. And you could see the anger in himself. So all I could do is, cause, I mean, he shattered his fucking bat. Right. You know, so hopefully yeah, and, and, he learned from that and, and, and can, he's got to be a little bit more patient, Steve. That's where Tim Anderson becomes from a good hitter. How he is. I would call him a good hitter. You win a batting title. You're a good hitter. From him to go from a good hitter to a great hitter, he needs to gain a little bit more patience. Yeah, and you know the nice thing about it was, you know, obviously you mentioned he he was very frustrated with the outcome of that at bat, you know, breaking the damn bat over his knee. 
he he followed that up then really starting off that rally in the top of the ninth inning there, getting himself into a good hitter's count, getting himself into a 2-1 count before he hit that double yep. to you know ultimately get things going there. And he, he ended up scoring the game-winning run there. So, you know, nice to see him really bounce back off that, make an adjustment and, and not dwell on what he did in the sixth inning there. So that was good to see. You know, I, I and then again to touch on your point, you know, Yohan hitting a, a piss missile there. I mean, he crushed that ball, man. It was just a good, you know, Bad luck, like you said, and a good play by Hernandez there to get that. And then another poor at bat by kind of a Brayu. I just squandering opportunities in a 60 game season can't happen. And uh, I, I know I, it sounds like we're kind of nitpicky right now, and I really hope we don't come off that way. But I mean, goddamn, dude, someone's got to say it. Like, if, if we want to win, you, you can't do shit like that. You got to score runs at opportune times. That's that's what makes a good team. But hey, that, yep, they made and, it and that's and that's. And that's spot on because that was really the theme of, I think, this three-game series in Cleveland. You know, you look at the two losses yesterday. They very easily should have won both of those games because, you know, that first game they go, they leave 11 guys on base. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're consistently putting themselves in positions to break the innings open. And then, you know, Nicky Delmonico is coming up in, in those spots there. So, thankfully, we didn't have to deal with that today. It was nice to get Eloy back in the lineup there. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But that was that was. That, that was just, you know, I think the really frustrating aspect of this series in particular was their inability to cash in on opportunities with runners in scoring position here up until that ninth inning um, here tonight. Well, I mean, shit, we, we've kind of went through everything with the pitcher's duel going up into that sixth inning being weird. Um, you know, why don't we get into the, um, our pitching, you know, before we get into this very exciting ninth inning. Evan Marshall, brother, he looks better than he did last year. And you have – I love when – you're one of the smartest baseball minds I've, I, I've known, and I say that constantly to everybody. What have you seen different in Evan Marshall's delivery this year? Or just Is it a swag? I don't know what it is, dude. He looks fantastic. He keeps a zero ERA. He strikes out two. The guy's unbelievable. He, he's Diamond in the rough, we found the biggest diamond you could possibly find. I, I love this guy. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's anything different about him this year versus last year. You know, we're still seeing a lot of the same things that we saw a year ago with him um, really reliant on a power changeup that, or not even, not even necessarily a power changeup, but, but that's really his out pitch. And, you know, he goes to that with great regularity. But you're, you're right. I mean, he has been absolutely nails to this point. I mean, that seventh inning, I mean, he went out there and he just shut the door. You know, it, it would have been very easy to just kind of give momentum back to Cleveland there after Giolito was able to wiggle out of that sixth inning. But he just went out there, just said, here it is, boys. You ain't going to hit it. Got got them back in the dugout right away. And then, you know, to follow that up in the eighth inning, Aaron Bomber just came out. And, I mean, he, that shit was just straight up lethal in uh, the dude, eighth inning. That, that, was the guy we, that was the guy we saw last year. If that's the guy that's going to be back, I know that first uh, those first couple of outings this year, he, he was a little shaky. But if, if this is the guy that's going to come back, the one that was here last year, that's a damn weapon. That Eric, fucking breaking that. ball. I can't. It just, oh, God, it just, it dives down. So I love it. I, Aaron Bummer. A lot of people actually called, Steve, you know, when we were talking about Colome earlier, a lot of people call for Bummer and Colome to be flip-flopped. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously it worked out for us tonight, but I think it's good conversation to have while we're here right now. We're just bullshitting about it. I mean, it was in the game. We saw a 31 pitch ninth bottom of the ninth inning from Alex Colomay tonight. You know, we saw a 12 pitch eighth inning from Aaron Bummer. Um, you know, 
obviously, again, you know, Aaron Bummer comes away with the win here. Colin May got, you know, got us out of the game after <laughs> loading the bases, scaring the shit out of me. But would you like to see those two flip-flopped? I know I mentioned before getting on the air, I'd like to see something like that. I think you were pretty much in agreement with it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been very much in favor of Aaron Bomber in the closer spot. You know, it, it's seeing a left-handed closer is something that is pretty rare for the most part. I mean, you look, you know, obviously Cleveland with Brad Hand, and, you know, that didn't work out too well tonight for them. But he's been a guy that over the course of his career has been pretty solid. Uh, Billy Wagner, another one for, for the Astros for a number of years in, in the Phillies. But you just don't see that many left-handed closers. But the thing about Bummer that makes him, I think, so unique versus some of those other guys is he really dominates right-handed hitters as well with his with his combination of his cutter that he features boring in on the hands of right-handed hitters. And then he has that slider as well. So, you know, he's really got, I think, an arsenal that could be effective in that ninth-inning role there. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. That fucking slider is nasty. It's absolutely nasty. Well, let's get into it, man. This ninth inning. Top of the ninth inning. Give me your thoughts as that shit starts breaking down. Because I I was on the edge of my seat, man. I was just praying to God we were going to get a fucking run scored. I was so scared yeah. that it wasn't going to happen. But it ends up happening. So give me your breakdown. Okay. Here's my here's the greatest takeaway from, from this. We talked about earlier with Zach Plesak getting the, the 19 or 20 swings and misses, whatever it was he got. Colome can't get a swing and miss right now. Right. That's the biggest issue with him is he doesn't have the power stuff to be able to put guys away when he gets ahead of him with two strikes. And I think that's particularly problematic in the ninth inning in that spot. Um, you know, you just look at those at bats with, you know, you know, Zimmer being able to work a walk and, and Santana and all these other guys that are able to go up there and just work and keep fighting off pitch after pitch because they just there isn't the power stuff there to really miss bats. And I think that's the biggest issue going forward. And the greatest concern I had, and I know a lot of other people have with Colome as a closer coming into the season. Right. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. As far as the offense goes to get us these four runs, Tim Anderson with his, today was game six, right, Steve? It was game six. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Correct. Tim Anderson with his third multi-hit game tonight, you know, he gets on. Our boy Yohan gets on. Our boy yeah. Jose Abreu gets on. We finally get a ribby from our you know, prized free agent acquisition, Yasmani Grandal. Now a lot of people are calling for James McCann over Yasmani Grandal. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that yet, Steve. And you yeah. know me. You've known me for a long time now. I usually pop off the fucking handle pretty easy, but I am not ready for that one yet, so I should probably tell everybody else to hit the brakes here. Yaz hasn't looked great. But it's common. He's going to show up in the yeah, most no, op no. opportune times, you know, and he did tonight. He he hit a fly ball out. He was able to get a fucking the first run to score in the game. He was able to put the Sox ahead in clutch time. So uh, I was happy with that. Yeah, you know, to to your point, look, Yaz has looked like shit. I mean, there, there's no sugarcoating it to this point. He's looked like shit. Um, you know, that at bat though, that was a, that was a very good at bat. He was able to get himself into a good hitters count again, you know, which, which was critical after, you know, hand had walked Moncada and he had hit a Bray leading up to that. So he, he went up there, he saw some pitches and that was just a good professional at bat. He worked himself into a hitters count, got a pitch out over the plate that he could drive the opposite way to get that run. And that's what you're looking for in that spot right there. You got bases loaded, nobody out. 
elevate the ball to the right side there, get that thing deep enough to get him in. I mean, that's just a good quality professional at bat, you know, and then, you know, you follow that up, you know, the other big uh, free agent, free agent acquisition they made this winter in Edwin Encarnacion, who I also don't think has had particularly good at bats to this point. He's seen some more pitches than, than some other guys have, but the results just have been really piss poor aside from that home run that he hit on Saturday. Um, you know, him reaching base on the catcher's interference play right there to reload the bases back up for, for Eloy in that spot. Um, that, that was pretty critical as well, obviously. And then, you know, Eloy just come coming through with that big sack fly yep. to, to get that insurance run up. But the, the dagger, the big blow here was Luis Robert, that two run single up the, up the gut there. I mean, that's just huge right there for a guy that's in his sixth major league game there and a huge spot right there to really give your team insurance when you're reeling, you've lost four out of five to start the year and you haven't looked particularly good. He went out there, he did not look phased at all. And that's the one thing that's really impressed me with Robert to this point through the first six games is he looks like he's been there. He looks like he's belonged. And he, you know, even if he hasn't at bat where he, you know, swings at a couple of sliders outside of the zone, he'd make some adjustments from it bat to at bat. And that was just a good quality, again, professional at bat from a guy that looks like he's been there for five or six years at this point. Yeah. Luis Robert looks fantastic. And, you know, when he when he hit the single up the middle, that scored um, – who did that score? That scored Goins and Abreu. Um, they, yep. came in, they came in to score uh, the final two runs there to make it four to nothing. And I was like you – know, I'm just sitting there watching the game. I was at the in-laws' house, you know, because as I've told you, you know, we're, we're packing up the house. We're moving on Sunday. So I was at the in-laws' house watching the game. I'm like, God, man, it doesn't seem like this kid's a rookie because I go on Twitter and people are like, rookie of the year. I'm like, my God, it just feels like he's, he's been around for so long. This, the plate discipline, the talent, I mean, it's just all there. And it's very rare to see that translate right away in the MLB, I feel like. At least, you know, I, again, I know he's not – it's not like he's setting the world on fire. I'm not saying anything like that. But just how he looks, I feel like he's impacting games similarly to how, like, an NBA rookie who's up there impact can impact games. Luis Roberts doing it all. He's doing it in the field. He's doing it behind the plate. Uh, he's a true joy to fucking watch. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll say that right now. He's been fantastic. That was fantastic. That was last run scored for the Sox. After that, I believe uh, Lurie got out after that. And then uh, that came to the bottom of the ninth where, you know, our guy, Alex Colomay, he got the first two outs pretty easy. And then it was, uh, it was right. He got two outs there, right? Easy. And then it was just kind of, yeah. yeah, then it was kind of fucked after that. Um, had a couple walks, just did not turn out to be good. He loads the bases. He ends up getting out of it. Or he had one walk. I'm sorry, he let up two hits. And he had one walk, um, and then he, lo- you know, he gets out of it. Thank God. Um, picking up the win in this game again was Aaron Bummer. Picking up the loss was Brad Hand. Brad Hand got touched up by the uh, the A squad. I'd like to call them now. And if you go up and down this lineup, Steve, man, I I, I just want to point this out before we get into the next game. I like I love what I'm seeing from the core. And uh, I know Yasmani is a part of the core. I know he's going to be here for a long time, but he's figuring his shit out. That's why I'm backing off. But. 296 for Tim Anderson right now batting average. Uh, this is his third multi-hit game. Yoan Makata's hitting 333 on base percentage of 391. He's slugging 571. Okay, you have Jose Abreu doing Jose Abreu things at this point. You've got Eloy, 364, 385. Luis Robert, the man you just mentioned, 348, 375, 522. Guy's been on fire. I mean, since the season started, he's looking very good. 
And the surprise of the season, shout out our buddy, White Sox Dave. His boy Adam Engel isn't disappointing over there. And right, he's hitting the ball. He's hitting the fucking ball. He's getting on base. He's getting on base 50% of the time. You know, it's amazing. So I'll give credit where credit's due there to Dave because I think it's the second year in a row Dave has fucking talked up Adam Engel, but maybe it's paying off now. <laughs> but uh, I like to see all this out of the core. I wanted to get your opinion on that too before we move into the next game. There are silver linings. Last night I was really upset with the outcome, Um, you know, after that doubleheader getting our asses whipped. But there are silver linings, and if these guys continue coming together and you get some good pitching like that, Seems like these guys don't fold under pressure. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right on that. I mean, look, these are the guys that ultimately are going to drive this bus for the, for this team here going forward. And so to see, you know, the performances out of them here to start the year is extremely encouraging. And you know, the other thing about it that you got to think about and you got to realize is you got another guy in Nick Madrigal who might be here on Friday, so that could be another piece of you know this core. But you know. That's just it's it's been nice to see them get off to a good start here for for the most part. You know, um, there have been some bad at bats mixed in there. You know, Yuan had a, had a pretty bad at bat against uh, Brad Hand in the ninth inning yesterday, but by and large, he's really done a nice job here to start the season. Um, you know, Timmy, the last couple of days here has has really started to swing the bat pretty well again, and you know, Eloy just um, he he looks like he's ready to just have a monster season here. And like we talked about with Luis Robert. I mean, he, this guy looks like he's a veteran already. He doesn't look phased by the moment. And it's just, it's awesome to finally see a Sox prospect come up and start delivering right off the bat. Now, you know, it wouldn't. No, we lost your sound there a little bit, bud. Oh, there you go. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next seven to 10 days or so, we start to see some of the advanced scouting pick up against Robert and, maybe start to overload him with some breaking balls a little bit more. Right. But I mean, this guy's a smart enough player to where he's going to make that adjustment ultimately. Right. Well, and then bringing up the point that you just made too about Friday, maybe seeing Nick Madrigal. So let's get into Friday's game here. The Sox are off on Thursday, a much, you know, needed rest day. Um, you know, they pick up a W they drop, you know, two out of a three game series to Cleveland here. Um, but we're going up against Kansas city. All right, uh, no one on Kansas City scares me. Kansas City, I mean, besides Whit Merrifield, that fucker. I'd love to have Whit Merrifield, though. I'm not going to lie to you. But Dallas Keuchel will be on the mound Friday against an undecided pitcher. But this is something that you brought up on Saturday's show. Because we were on, it was me, you, and Tony, I believe, on Saturday after the Sox kicked some major ass. Um, and you said it could be Brady Singer who's going to be, that's his scheduled start day. So it would be Brady Singer against Nick Madrigal. You know, two guys uh, Sox fans are all too familiar with. Um, what's your take on that, man? There's going to be, I mean, at least for a lot of Sox fans, I think there'll be a lot of buzz about that because that was a very, very controversial pick when Nick Madrigal was taken. A lot of people were not happy about it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take. Yeah, if Singer does end up starting that game, uh, that would be really ironic, I think, to have him start and potentially Nick Madrigal face him in his first major league plate appearance, you know, cause that was the big debate in 2018 when the Sox had that number four pick was, you know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Nick Madrigal or is it going to be Brady Singer that they end up taking? And I think it's pretty fair to say that Nick Madrigal might be the most polarizing prospect 
in all of baseball. And I think in particular within the White Sox fan base, I mean, you've got people on all ends of the spectrum. You know, you've got people that just absolutely love the hit tool and love what he brings and thinks that he's just an absolute gamer. And then you have people that are concerned about the tools, about the lack of power from him. So it's going to be interesting to see him finally come up if he, if he does indeed come up. But, um, you know, we haven't gotten that confirmed yet, but we do know today was, you know, the official um, service time manipulation cutoff date. So, you know, we saw the Toronto Blue Jays bring up their top pitching prospect, Nate Pearson today. So, you know, Friday could be the day for Madrigal. So it'll be pretty interesting to see if he does indeed come up. And like I said, that would be something if his uh, first plate appearance in the major leagues came up against Brady Singer, the guy that, you know, he was picked over. Yeah, that would be absolutely insane. Um, so getting into Friday's game here, Sox are obviously two and four. Um, Detroit also plays kansas city tomorrow so they had a four game set against them so uh and kansas city's losing right now actually they're they're down one run as people hear this tomorrow morning on their commutes to work so let's you know hope they lose so we can stay in striking distance here but anyway uh it's going to be a 610 start unfortunately tony twist of the weatherman he's uh i think he's off skating on a rink or something somewhere right now so he's not gonna be able to join us and i i can't i can't read the weather i'm not qualified i don't know about you steve are you qualified to read the weather um i'm not a weatherologist but i do play one in real life (laughs) oh fantastic fantastic so yeah it's gonna be a 610 start or i'm sorry 705 start um against the Sox, and it will be in kansas city let's get into picks picks a click for this game um you know, who, who are you going to take, Steve, for your pick to click on Friday? All right. So on Friday, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to go with a guy that I've had some pretty pointed comments about here in recent days, Jose Abreu. Um, Abreu has, you know, historically done some some nice work at the plate in Kansas City. And I actually did just look. Brady Singer is scheduled to pitch for the Royals tomorrow, so it's not going to be him on Friday. So, Oh, you're right. Um, Damn it. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so so that that stinks right there. So that takes that storyline out. But no, I'm I'm gonna go with Abreu. I think that uh, he's gonna go out there and he he's gonna get a meatball at some point in this game, and he's gonna put one in the fountain. I, that'd be that'd be dope. I'm gonna go TA. I'm gonna I'm gonna go TA because of him and his love for the Kansas City Royals. I uh I've actually done pretty good, Steve, for the picks to click. We're not we're not um you know taking points like our our buddies over there on the north side are with theirs. We're not we're not tracking it. But I, I've done pretty good, and I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit because last year I was absolutely fucking atrocious. If I picked you for pick the click last year, nine times out of ten you had a bad game. It was a bad time. It was not okay. So I'm going to take Tim, though, on Friday. I think that he can make some uh, real good shit happen. Do you got anything else to add on heading into this series? No, it, you know, biggest thing for me is, look, the Royals are down. The Sox are a better team on paper. This is the time when the Sox need to just step on their throats because for far too long, we've been seeing this when the Sox are trying to be competitive. They go into Kansas City and they lay a fucking egg. They can't afford to have this happen here. So, you know, to have Keiko go out there, have a, have a nice start, get this series off with a, uh, with a bang, so to speak, 
that would be very that would be a very solid thing for this team to do. Get some momentum going, and they really need to go in there. They got to get two out of three in this series here. They got they just can't lose a series against these fucking doormats in Kansas City. Uh, absolutely not. You cannot lose a series <laughs> against Kansas City because after the Kansas City series, I mean, it, it's it's not going to get any easier. You know, it, you need to keep building on what you're trying to do. Like you have to win these games. You have to win, beat the teams that aren't supposed to beat you. I understand Minnesota and Cleveland were at the top of the division last year. I get it. I I understand. But this is when you're going to be able to jump on them because you're going to go from Kansas City to Milwaukee, back home against Milwaukee, right back to Cleveland again. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Cleveland's yep. coming in, but facing Cleveland again. There's no wiggle room here. You need to take these series. You need to be consistent. You need to get these ball games won so we can be competitive to get one of these fucking playoff spots. Um, well, that's that's pretty much all I got. We got our socks on tap shout-outs. I will, uh, I will take the first shout-out, if you don't mind. Today, I am going to shout-out our buddy Pat Comiskey over at ONTAP and Josh Barlog over at ONTAP. I usually don't do the ONTAP guys, but I'm doing those guys today. Pat Comiskey is uh he's fantastic big Sox fan obviously he's been on the show um but hockey started today so i wanted to give you know uh him a shout out because he, he loves hockey over with the four feathers pod crew him ron tony johnny and then i wanted to give josh barlog a shout out josh is a new member to on tap but he is pumping these these recap article these game recap articles he's pumping them out man there's already one out right now we're not even done yip yapping with each other he's got an article already out so I wanted to uh, I wanted to shout out Josh as well. Yeah, so I would definitely like to uh, give a shout out to a very controversial member of White Sox Twitter, none other than Mr. Ken Wo, who I got into a rather spirited debate with earlier today about Jose Abreu. So uh, Ken, I'm taking Jose as my pick to click for you tomorrow. You fuck. So if he doesn't come <laughs> through, this one's on you. <laughs> Uh, Ken, Ken, I, I love Ken so much. Him and I are, we actually joke around. We have a good time. Um, but he, that guy will not back down from a take no matter how fucking wrong it may be. And I give credit to people like that, but I also want to fucking spin kick him in the back of the head sometimes, you know, for his takes. But, uh, I'll tell you what, he sticks with them, man. Not but love and respect over to Ken Wolf. That's, that's, that's definitely a good shout out. I, I definitely appreciate that. What was this argument? Like, I, I don't see it and I didn't see it today. So now I'm upset. Now you need to explain it to me. Okay. So the biggest thing about it was, um, you know, obviously in the last couple of days, I've been talking pretty heavily about the fact that I don't think Jose Abreu should be hitting in the number three spot against right-handed pitching. Okay. And this is, this is a point of conversation that is really growing amongst members of Sox Twitter. And you, know, you really have these two opposing camps. You've got you know, the camp that thinks that he should move down further in the order, and then you have kind of your more old-school people. They're like, oh, he led the league in home runs and RBIs last year, so you can't move him out of that spot. And so that's really where, where the genesis of that discussion came from there. And you know, Ken is just adamant that, oh, you know, he, he's, you know, the Sox's best hitter. You can't move him out of that spot under, under any circumstance. And it was kind of funny at one point because he was talking about how, um, you know, he was kind of shitting on Grandal a little bit, which, again, justifiably, Yasmani's off to a, a pretty bad start here to this point. But, you know, he was, um, you know, shitting on Yaz, basically saying that, oh, well, you know, Abreu's numbers are better than his so far. And I pointed out to him that, um, 
you know, going into the second game of the doubleheader yesterday, Yaz actually had a higher OPS than Abreu did. And, uh, you know, he, he tried to backpedal on that one. I think, I think he knew he, he had an L coming his way on that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he tried to, he tried to dance around it a little bit though. <laughs> Oh God! I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna have to go look it up. I can't wait to read it. I'm I'm very fucking excited. I just I, like I told you, and I, I don't mean to kiss your ass, man. I'm not trying to do that, but like I, you're one of the smartest baseball minds I know, and I think that I know a pretty good amount about baseball. You're you're somebody I don't want to fuck with, so I just kind of I kind of back away a little bit. I just you know ride that wave. Be like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna stay away from this a little bit, but. I saw. I do see Ken's post here, though. Oh, he had. Th- you know, he's guaranteed to get you thirty home runs and a hundred ribbies. You're right, Ken. I got nothing to say about that. I guess, but fucking a right. Well, it's been a great episode, man. Everybody, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter again at ontapsportsnet at socks on tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review if you get the chance. We will be back Friday. I'm not sure who the lineup is on Friday. I know I will be MIA, not in Miami to get the COVID, but I will be missing in action. And uh, I'm not sure who's going to be on that Actually, show. me and Tone. Oh, it's going to be you and Tone. Okay, so it'll be Steve and Tone yeah. on uh, on Friday night recapping game one of the Kansas City Royals against Chicago White Sox series. So we will be back on Friday. Everybody have a great day. White Sox correct. Or live.